0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the BAMcast. I appreciate you being here. I'm your host, Baker Shields, and it's my goal on this podcast to help you learn, grow, and evolve by any means necessary. In today's episode, I've got Kevin Wilhite. You might remember him from a few episodes ago being mentioned in the the chat that I was having with Alfonso Lopez, but Kevin is the owner of Triad Fitness Supplements and Nutrition. They've got three locations, and in this episode, we talk deeper about how Kevin and his team have built out the empire that they've got going right now, how they built and scaled their supplement brand, Define Nutrition, and so much more about Kevin's journey um, from dropping out to college to becoming a dad seven weeks ago, um, today, and a ton more about just overcoming adversity and what it really looks like to be an entrepreneur. So I had an absolute blast. Kevin is the first guest that I've had on that I didn't truly know on a really personal level, um, much about his story and much about what he's kind of overcome. So it was really cool to me to get to do the research on him, get to ask him the questions that I wanted to ask and selfishly just try and pull out as much value as I can possibly get from him. And hopefully you guys can see that on the episode. So without further ado, let's hop in. All right, Kevin, I am super excited to talk to you, man. Like we, I was even telling you before we kind of pressed record here, I I feel like <clears throat> you're somebody that I have a lot of concentric circles with, right? Being like Chad and Alfonso and Anthony and like all these other guys, Ryan, um, which a bunch of people that, that uh, obviously you work very closely with, but I don't feel like you and I have really gotten the chance to talk on on a deep level so that's selfishly I'm kind of really looking forward to just dissecting your brain a little bit seeing what I can pull and learn from and and just talking about your story but I think even in all the research that I was doing to kind of prep because you're kind of the first guest that I've had on that isn't somebody I know on like a super close intimate level as a as just an entrepreneur and as a friend and everything and I'm hoping to uh, hoping to get to that point and hoping to share what I can and, and kind of look at what we can all learn from, from you and all the things you've accomplished, man.
1: Yeah. Well, man, appreciate you being on and, uh, man, I'm hoping to learn a little bit more about you on this podcast as well, man. Cause I've gotten to see kind of, uh, you develop and you, you progress and, and everything that you're doing, man. And, and always excited to kind of keep up with you on Instagram, but, uh, excited to talk to you a little bit more in person, man, or at least over the phone. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I know you kind of have dubbed yourself and, um, your podcast even it's, it's called the unsuccessful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. What does that term mean to you?
1: I would say it's kind of, it's got a couple of meanings. I would say the first one is, is really where it, it kind of stems from when this was back in 2018 and we were, we were going into our third year of business with Try uh, triad and define nutrition and uh, the partners that I started off with um, that were with me for the first two years had gone to go pursue some other things I was taking on, on, on everything myself and we hired some employees and was, and I was definitely just trying to kind of figure things out and, and, kind of get past this point cause we had definitely hit a decent plateau pretty early on, uh, and in, into our first two years of business. Uh, so it was still very much a time where we were struggling to just kind of get things up off the ground. Uh, you know, constantly worried if we're, if we're going to be able to pay the bills or not. And, yeah. and I was, I was listening to and watching a lot of other very successful people and, and, and how they got to the point that they're at now and and trying to take advice from them. And I kept hearing a lot of them talk about, you know, their struggle years and, and how they got overcame certain obstacles and, and, and their mindset going through the whole thing. And it was, and maybe it was a little bit overly confident, but I was like, I know I'm going to make it one day. Like, I know we're going to, we're going to make it big. And I, I still don't know if I would say that today, but at the time, especially it was like, we definitely have not. And but i feel like i'm in those years that these successful people are talking about i'm in these these years where I, we're struggling and constantly dealing with problems and and the stories the, like what i'm going through right now will be crazy stories one day so i decided yeah. to kind of try and tell that story real time so i started throwing some posts up there trying to be a little bit more real about about what my life was like about what the back end of the business looked like and and what those real struggles were that, that we weren't always super open about. I tried to tell those a little bit more real time. And that's where the, it started out as just really a hashtag as like the unsuccessful entrepreneur is like currently unsuccessful, still technically an entrepreneur, hopefully will be successful one day. And so that's kind of the, the main meaning of all of it. And that, where that kind of stemmed from, I think, I think where it, 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 we may change it up eventually, but where it's really still stuck is is we we still I don't know if we'll ever get to a point where we really feel like, all right, we've made it. We've now we're good. now we can now we can stop. we're we're as big as we want to be. you know yeah. we're now successful. Mm-hmm. so it I feel like it will always it will continually be somewhat of the mantra of of man, as as much as we've even grown since that point in two thousand and eighteen we still have so far to go and so much more we want to do. So if, you know, we fast forward 10 years and look back at 2023, we're going to say, man, we really weren't that successful at that point. <laughs> so yeah,
0: which is always the goal, the goal, right?
1: right? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. So <clears throat> we, uh, you know, I had Alfonso on a couple of weeks ago and we we talked even a little bit about you and, and he even described you as he's like, Kevin's a robot, dude. Like that guy <clears throat> does not stop. Yeah. Um, But I also think that you mentioned a few things of of what he and I talked about in that conversation, which was Chris Williamson, another podcaster. I mean, he talks, you know, huge podcaster. I I don't want to just like, you know, diminish him down to just a (laughs) podcaster, but um, huge podcaster, right? And he's talked to, you know, thousands of of high achievers at this point. And he, I think he he even, uh, he dwindled it down to like a couple of different traits that all high achievers have. And it's usually they have a superiority complex, which you talked about in that kind of like blurb right there. You talked about, you always believe, you know, this is maybe just me being crazy, but I always think that I'm gonna make it. Like we're gonna make it at some point. Um, But another very key trait that he has noticed in almost everybody he's talked to, he talks about um, the having a superiority complex, like believing that I can achieve this, but also believing that I'm not doing enough, right? Like I'm not there yet. Right, and so it's like a weird coupling of a superiority complex, believing that I like I alone, I'm destined for more. I'm meant to achieve more. I'm going to achieve more, but also I'm not doing enough. I'm not there yet. I've got further to go. So it's like a very weird kind of um, yin and yang going on there. Do you? How do you feel like you manage that in your own life?
1: Uh, sometimes better than others. Sometimes yeah. it's definitely stressful. Yeah. Um. Man, I think. I think the one thing that's that's kept me sane, um, even from early on all the way until today, is is having something that something new that we're working on to implement that's that's exciting. Where, of course, as we've grown, we've had to implement more systems, especially with having uh, more than just one location. We've got to put systems in place to make sure the things that. I was doing on my own back in the day are now being carried out by everybody else that's in charge of those responsibilities. Uh, and a, you know, a laundry list of checks and balances within that. But at the same time, you know, we've been doing that, you know, we've been doing a lot of the same thing this entire year, Yeah. but what, what's, you know, if we just did that, who's to say, we're not going to do the exact, exact same. And, you know, if we have to, Quantitated it as as far as our sales go who's to say our sales won't be the exact same as next year so the thing that keeps me sane is is constantly or at least at all times having some sort of project in the works whether I'm actively working on it every single day or not but some kind of something that we're working on Tim, and I'm like this is new it could be a big hit it might not be and a lot of them haven't haven't been and yeah. man especially early on it was you know we were trying, you know, out of 10 new things we were trying, only one of them would work out. But as long as we're trying something, we'll figure out what, what does work and what doesn't work. And and that's what's kept me sane. It's whenever we get stagnant of like, fingers crossed, hope we grow, even though we're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, that's that's where I started to go a little bit crazy, that's for sure. So uh, always having a new project, something new we're, we're implementing is is keep, again, whether it works out or not, at least keeps me sane. So. <laughs>
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I even have, um, like I kind of mentioned, I I like to throw in quotes here and there. And I usually like to do that towards the end. But what you just said perfectly encapsulates this quote. So I kind of want you to expand upon it. Um, But one of the quotes that I wrote down specifically for you and all the research that I've done on you and your your journey so far is growth is not automatic. If you're going to grow, you got to grow on purpose. What does that mean to you?
1: yeah I would say, man, that definitely goes right along with what I was talking about, man. Um yeah, it's uh i i can I can t- definitely say firsthand that you know, even when we implemented everything that we thought would would help us grow and and continue to grow. Um, it's uh it, it it definitely not a whole lot will happen if you just sit there and hope the things that you you did once eventually pay off as is absolutely i at least for us our experience has been we always got to be trying to find something something more to do something new to do something something to improve on so um yeah yeah man, i i definitely would say it kind of goes along with what is it the albert einstein quote of of uh the definition of insanity is doing the same same thing thing. twice and expecting a different result that's that's kind of what that means to me if you were to kind of sum it up a little bit Definitely.
0: I mean we so so Mike and I's company AR Funnel, which is basically an acquisition and retention software for for fitness coaches, we, we run into that kind of mindset a lot of we even have some people that come to us with the idea that, you know, this software is something that I can just press the on button on and then I just get leads. I just get clients, I just get growth, right? And you can have the best systems in the world, like what you're talking about. But if you're not still growing on purpose, if you're not being purposeful with the things that you're doing to acquire more business or to bring in more people or to service your current client base or customer base better, you don't grow. Still, you know, you can have this Cadillac of a thing. But like, if you're same thing with with the, as a fitness coach, you know, I know you have a big history in fitness. Is you can write the best plan of all time, but if the client doesn't approach it with intensity and and the right kind of execution to it, they're not gonna get any. They're not gonna lose the body fat. They're not gonna gain the muscle. Um, it, right. it, it doesn't matter unless you do it on purpose.
1: Right. Absolutely. And man, kind of two parallels to that. As as I know, with with working with some people, just kind of lightly more than. More than really intense, like uh, some of the coaches that we know, like Chad. Like I, I don't yeah. work nearly on a level. I've never worked on with someone nearly on a level that he does. But I know um, from working with the people, and even working with my own own stuff, is is if I keep my my training and my my dieting consistent. Like obviously, it has to be consistently there. But if I don't, if I'm not working to improve it or, or make changes or kind of go through seasons or ebbs and flows of it, I tend to, to stall out and not see a whole lot of progress. Uh, and man, I, where I think that really parallels to business is, is man, even if you do create something that, that is the Cadillac of the industry, uh, number one, you know, where it, it's going to be awesome at first, everyone will, will probably get a little bit used to it. And, and even if they don't, man, there's going to be competition. There's going to be other people that are trying to create something just as cool, if not a little cooler. So you gotta yeah. be, gotta be one step ahead, man.
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I knew this was gonna kind of happen. I think we can I think we can go back and forth all day on some of this stuff, but I want to tell a little bit about your story, okay? So <clears throat> I've got a few kind of like points in time, I guess that I want to call out and just like take a window into your thought processes, like what you experienced. Um, so I was able to find in your in your history on Instagram, you you made a post with you and Alyssa and you posted the exact date that you would have graduated from college. Talk about why you chose not to do that and what that looked like for you.
1: Definitely a very pivotal moment in my life. Um, man, the the story really starts um, while I was in in college. was at It was at Missouri State, and that's that's where Alyssa and I met. And we met at at a very pivotal moment in in my life. Uh, I was actually going to school for graphic design. I uh, completed three years of school and. And where it was an area that I was I was definitely very interested in and, and and those skills have definitely played over into what I what I do today, at least early on, um, is um, it wasn't something that I was I was overly passionate about. And I was doing enough to make decent grades, but I just I just didn't have that fire underneath me. And yeah. in Gosh, what year would it, would it have been? I want to say it was 2013. Uh, Thomas Oglesby, who manages our Yukon store, he helped open up the Norman store. Huge, yeah. plays a huge role at the company today. He got a job at a place called Supplement Superstores in Springfield, Missouri, where Missouri State was. Uh, that's the store, the location we even worked out was a store that was started by the guys that owned First Form. They opened their first supplement store in in Springfield and then went on to open more stores and start first form and all that. So um, uh, he got a job there and he started, and it was where both of us shopped and we had friends that worked there. And really liked liked the company a lot, and he started kind of diving into like why the company is so much cooler than anywhere else, and why why it made so much sense in supplement retail. And then he really started getting into all the opportunities that they provided and upward growth and this and that. Um, our even our our manager uh, from that time ended up going and opening up his own franchises in Kansas City with someone else, and I, I think they've got like eight locations or something crazy now. But wow. Um, wow. But that that lit me up. I was like, I like that is just something I'd be pumped to do. Yeah. So pretty much immediately I was like, how do I get a job there? <laughs> and mm-hmm. um applied and and was working with the guys there, eventually got hired on when they needed somebody. And I did I did one semester where I was working at supplement superstores and uh and going to school and Then then we had summer break and I got to just do full time at supplement superstores and I got to put in extra effort. I got to do things within the community and just pour everything I had into it. And I was putting, not gonna lie, I was putting a lot more effort into that job than I was in school. Yeah. And then school was about to start up again. And and I was like, I just, I just don't want to have to split my time again. I just I love the opportunities here. I love the day-to-day. That ended up being a pretty awkward conversation with my parents uh, about me dropping out of school after three years uh, to go work at in supplement retail. <laughs> and, uh, they definitely were not super happy about it. Um, and, and they eventually kind of lightened up. They, I think they could tell how excited I was for the opportunity there uh, and, and understood and, and kind of saw how, how happy I was uh, pursuing that. So they eventually said, you know, I don't know what this this will end up looking like, but but he's at least happy right now. So yeah. it is what it is. Um, that um so I didn't I didn't go to school my what would have been my senior year. Obviously, yeah. Alyssa did go to go to school. We met we met right around I think it was a month after I started wor- um, working at supplement superstores and Alyssa um uh, so, Alyssa's going to school. I'm working at Supplement Superstores and not going to school. I think I was technically enrolled, but I didn't. I wasn't i took like one class so so and the guys i was working with were chad and vincent thomas thomas was moved to a different location so i'm working with these guys chad and vincent and they're as gung-ho as i am if not more and and really are in this boat where they want to go open up their own location whether it's a franchise or their own thing they eventually kind of brought me into the project and you know they were looking at investors and loans and where to put it and this and that and eventually we ended up landing on hey we're going to go open up our own thing it's going to be you know, like we want to do it in oklahoma city you know we're pre-approved full loan but we have to get you know all the final approval for everything um so it's you know this whole thing that's building and getting more momentum and getting becoming more and more real um and i can remember i was i was working working in supplement superstores this day where the one of the guys I was working with, um, Vincent, so it was Chad and Vincent, the guys I was working with were, were my original partners uh, at Triad. Yep. And uh, I was working and I got a call from Vincent. It was, either, it was either a call or a text from Vincent saying we were approved for the loan. And and you know obviously pumped up about it and everything. And then I later that day, I got off work uh, mid, midway through the day and went to Alyssa's graduation with her mom and sister. And I don't even know if it occurred to me at the time that it was like, we got approved for a business loan the day I should have graduated. <laughs> so. That's
0: insane. That's like yeah. a crazy full circle moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know that I had no, I, there, that wasn't in that post that I had seen about it, but that is a, like, that's gotta feel like a, a sign, you know, that like that, like you graduated, you were supposed to graduate college or school, right. But you actually ended up you know, graduating to this, Hey, I, I have this opportunity to go, instead of pursue the rest of your life or your career, kind of in the corporate world, I'm going to go pursue this dream that I have in the business world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, again, I don't even know if I, it was such a crazy whirlwind of a day and, and such a crazy time that I don't even know if I realized that that was the day I was supposed to graduate until like a year or two later. Um, but needless to say, my, my parents started to to really kind of see the vision there and, and what, what, we wanted to do and 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 how we wanted to build the company and have have definitely come around since. So I I took a pretty um, different path than I think they were expecting. It made them a little yeah. <laughs> a little nervous, but but they are unbelievably supportive today.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Um, yeah, my uh, I always I've talked about it on a, on, a, on a couple of the episodes, but my <clears throat> my problem was like you talk about, you got decent grades, you know, and you didn't have to try that hard for it. And so I kind of used, I was the same way, you know, I was getting the A's and the B's and, you know, a couple of C's here and there, depending on how hard the class was. But it was like, if I had to cram and learn the entire class, the, the week before finals or a couple of days before the, um, you know, the exam, like I kind of had that ability to hyper-focus and, and be fine, right? Like pass and be fine. And so I kind of justified sticking it out in school um, and I, I was an entrepreneurship major, funny enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of justified sticking it out in school because I'm like, you know, I it's not that hard. I can still I'm still doing my own businesses at a very small scale, albeit. But I'm still doing all of this, and, and it seems to be working out. And I, I met my wife in in college as well, so. I kind of always, I had somebody the other day I was telling about it, and like I don't really think it was probably worth the investment. And they were like, "Didn't you meet Kinsey there?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess that was like the main thing that kind of came out of that, Kinsey and some, some good friendships." And um, and they were and you like, did get "Well, your degree, right? I did get my degree, yeah, but I've never used it once. <laughs> so <laughs> I've, uh, I've, uh, I've never like applied for any type of a job. It's all been like off of you know relationships and and opportunities that I've kind of seized, but." Um, the, the person I was telling about, you know, I, w- I probably shouldn't have invested that much money in it and they were like, well, I feel like if you told most people they could invest, um, you know, whatever it is per semester, if they can invest in, you know, the 60K it is to get a degree or whatever it is um, and pay and get a wife, like an amazing wife and <laughs> three or four great friendships, like, they would probably take that. I'm like, you know what, you're right, like that was that was worth it I guess, you know what I mean?
1: That was the biggest thing for me because i i have you know three years of school paid for but but not even a degree but it it put me on a path where i got to be around like-minded people and and it introduced me to to that opportunity in the first place where if i wouldn't have gone to school man i might still be hanging out with with my friends that i went to high school with just screwing around and working some hourly job man
0: same man same yeah i i grew up in very small town oklahoma so we you know, that was kind of like the path. Like you either, you went to, um, you know, a company in a factory that was like local or you went to college. Like those were the two paths. And, um, yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. So I know you, you mentioned OKC. You guys were looking at different markets and everything. I got to ask, like, why did you land on OKC specifically for, for Triad?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it was actually our bank that kind of pushed us in this direction in the first place. So, yeah, um, yeah. And they had a. You got to remember when we started, we were we were in our early 20s, all three of us. So it was uh, a little less knowledgeable than we all are today. Um, yeah. Again, they're they're doing other things and other other really cool things. But uh, we started by because we knew we wanted to go open up our own thing. But we were working at supplement superstores, and they just absolutely dominate in the Missouri area, in Springfield, St. Louis, Kansas City, Columbia now, and are just they're growing like crazy. So we did really want to have to compete with that, and we wanted to keep a good relationship with, with those guys as well, which has proved to be to be very beneficial, at least for us. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So we're, we kind of were in this boat where we got to get out of town, but – we really can kind of go anywhere. So we pulled out this map. It was like a grade school map and, and started just looking at cities. It, this was in the back of Supplement Superstars, the very first one actually, uh, sitting sitting in the back there looking and just like pointing out cities. And we're like starting kind of in the area and some smaller towns. And then it was like, well, what about some of these bigger towns? And then we got crazy with and We're like, well, like, why are we limiting ourselves? Why not look at some cities on the West Coast and the East Coast? So what we tried to do, because we were in the process of working with our bank to get this loan, right, is they knew we were going to have to move, but we didn't have an idea on exactly where we where we wanted to go at the time. So we decided to pull three different cities and and um, and give them kind of and do some research on it and then kind of let them see what they were up for because they they might not be up for every anywhere that we were wanting to go. So we looked at um, Oklahoma City obviously uh, was yep. one. Denver was another one, and Miami was the other one. And wow. us all being, all being, and again we're trying to we're trying not to put ourselves in a box. We want to get a big for range. Sure. And of course, being young twenty year olds, we all were like, "Let's go to Miami, man." be yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that sounds fun. Though. We could have some opportunities there. Yeah.
1: Uh, for for a few different reasons, I'm glad we didn't do that, man. Yeah. I think I think the. The biggest thing that, that the bank saw was, was, you know, cause we did all this research on all these different cities was, Hey guys, the one city that, that doesn't have, that isn't, doesn't seem overly saturated with supplement stores is Oklahoma city. Cause like Denver and Miami, we were able to list, list, you know, all these different stores that were there. And of course like, we're young and ambitious and we're like, well, we could take them out. Like, you know, we could go up against them and this and that. And it's like, well, like, why do that if you don't have to, you know, absolutely yeah. um, and, and I think they knew a decent about, about Oklahoma city for whatever reason as well. And, uh, gosh, at the time, the statistics were, I think it was 2000, roughly 2000 people a month were moving to Oklahoma city. Uh, they knew about how much it was growing and how many opportunities <laughs> were there. And they were, they were very big on, Hey guys, like let's, let's look, look more into Oklahoma city. So we decided, you know, sure. We'll look into that. I had never been to Oklahoma city at that point. And we're like, let's just make a trip so we we scheduled with a commercial real estate agent to kind of check out some spots you know have him show us around a little bit uh and we ended up meeting with a guy named nick gray who is still a close friend with us um or of of mine at least and and he grew up in oklahoma city so he's able to kind of kind of show us the area you know the development you know how things how things had progressed over the years and and show us some spaces as well and and we we pretty much fell in love right off the bat man just the yeah. overall feel of it um, you know for those that don't know we we moved into kind of the Quail Springs area which is a very new new area that's constantly being developed constantly new stuff popping up over there so it was it was really exciting to be part of something that seemed like it was blowing up um, and um, definitely very happy to that we didn't have to go up against some very seasoned veterans in in the supplement retail space cuz Man, it's hard enough to just get it up off the ground when you don't have yeah. a ton of competition. Yeah,
0: no, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, we'll talk about kind of the community that you guys have built, but it seems like you guys went into, and I know you kind of mentioned like your, your initial partners. You guys, it seems like went into this venture or this project very relationship-minded. Like it takes a lot to be, you know, to be like, we are all located in this area, but st- out of respect for the people that, you know, we've learned from, that we're currently working with, that we've built these relationships with, we're going to find somewhere that doesn't necessarily, you know, take the comp- competition aspect out of it, that doesn't cannibalize any of their their sales, right? They, their territories, mm-hmm. their, you know, local relationships that they've built. And I know from, from my perspective, whenever I was talking to, you know, whenever i was launching my my brand or buy gummies that that i did for for a good year and a half two years yeah
1: sold i them in our stores, anytime
0: man. do what
1: sold them in our stores
0: i know i know you guys were the <laughs> first location actually Heck um you. but anytime we we i talked to anybody like around you guys they were they would everybody always ask like who else is selling this right and i always mentioned triad and kevin and they'd be like kevin's a great guy okay cool yeah like they always they would always say something positive about you, your competitors, mm-hmm. and I think that speaks volumes about you and what you guys have built. But what allowed you guys in your early twenties to approach that with such a mature, I guess, mindset going into it?
1: Um, man, I, the the two partners that I started off with, and Thomas, who who's who's been involved a lot, even from the beginning, obviously, um, I think all had, a, had a very mature mindset. So it, it definitely made it easier for me, uh, to jump in with that mindset as well. I think a lot of it stems from, from supplement superstores as well. Um, they, the business itself gen generally had, or tended to have a, a very, very mature mindset when it came to at least competition of, of being respectful and, and, um, and I think that a lot of it stems from, I think we realized too, um, watching some other, other places, whether it was even in our industry or not, but watching some other places, um, kind of bad mouth or, or, or use dirty tactics against, against yeah. their competition. And it only made them look bad to be honest, man. Like For you sure. know, when, if, if I'd walk into a place and, you know, again, not even supplement retail, but like walk into somewhere and you know, and they have bad things to say about their competition, it's like, man, it only makes me think a little bit less of, of this business and more than, more than I really think less of the business that you're talking crap on. So, um, I think we had that realization. And I think that uh, again, a lot of that stemmed from, from supplement superstores kind of learning that lesson. I think, um, again, all the partners were very mature as well. So we were able to kind of jump in with that mindset. We didn't have to learn that lesson the hard way, (laughs) luckily. Um, but yeah, it's we learned pretty quickly that, or like, went into it with the mindset of, man, if we if we talk if we talk crap on anybody else, man, it only makes ourselves look bad. So.
0: Yep, one hundred percent. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. With with you guys getting here, okay, I want to kind of like, on the on the storyline or on the timeline, like you guys got to OKC, like what happens next? <laughs>
1: Uh, realize that we didn't know nearly as much as we thought we knew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I imagine. Um, yeah, I would say, um, so we got to move to Oklahoma city. It was next to impossible to find even a place for, for ourselves to, to move into like a rental house because we didn't have jobs and nobody wants to rent to four people without a job.
0: Yeah. Without proof of Um, income. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, um, but we, we we actually moved into the commercial real estate agents uh rental house that he just moved out of like total stroke of luck there yeah. um moved it so we moved in there we had we had about three months of build out at the store um even just renting that space was tough and that you know not a whole lot of people wanted to rent to to brand new business when not sure how it's how it's gonna do for sure um but we had three months of build out. We also were developing Define Nutrition at that point as well, because the initial loan included um, a, uh, cash for a number of products to to launch right right off the get go as well. Uh, man, a lot of just doing like painting walls, tearing up carpet. We learned how to build a wall, um, installing fixtures like flooring, shelving, this and that. Kind of learning all that. Starting to get out in the community a little bit starting to to hit some hit some events and just kind of get to know people because when we moved here We again, I think it was the commercial real estate agent. That was the only person we knew Uh, so trying to kind of get to know some people Um, so after three months we moved moved here in august of 2015 and opened in november of 2015 um and um Man, with getting going, uh, it definitely was was a rude awakening of we saw some people our first day, uh, but we definitely quickly ran into, man, we got to be open every day. And, you know, if we met, you know, 20 people and convince them to come into the stores and we see 20 people our first day, who are we going to see the next day? Yeah. That's a whole other 20 people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, So, yeah, it was man we had we had full days where we were open open twelve hours and the only people that walked in the door were were people delivering packages or checking if we had mail like yep. not a single customer for twelve hours, which was rough <laughs> and, um, and that quickly turned into okay if you the old saying if you if you build it, they will come mm-hmm. uh, didn't work out for us nope, <laughs> we built' doesn't it, work for anybody. Can... <laughs> <Yeah. Nope. laughs> Um, but we, 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 so we started realizing, man, maybe there's more to this than we realized. And, but there are certain things that we, we know how to do to try and bring people in. And one big one was just going to gyms and setting up a table and letting people try free stuff. Like Mm -hmm. here's some free pre-workout, here's some free protein, uh, you know, just try these out. And great way to just meet people let them try stuff that that we we sell in store and hopefully they come by and visit us and shop with us and support us and help keep our doors open right
0: for sure Um, that's how i met alfonso actually he did that at kaizen and that's
1: where i met him heck yeah man that's awesome dude um we we planned on doing that um some we quickly realized man we've got we've got no customers not a whole lot of money and but we got a lot of time to be able to do that so that quickly turned into man we were doing we were averaging over over a one sample event a day and um and we did that for man probably about two years uh we were doing a a sample event every single day because that was kind of the man it didn't cost us any money um, you know, very thankful to all the gyms and and people that let us come out and and pass stuff out. So like Chad letting us come out to to Kaizen and pass out free stuff is like unbelievably helpful to us. Um, so we always try and make it obviously low pressure and and just let people just try things and, you know, make it a a cool event for that gym itself. Um, but yeah, we just, that, that was the one thing we knew how to do. So we did that as much as we possibly could, man.
0: Yeah. And I, I, You know, I've been there, right? Like I've been the, not in, not in the retail space, but in, in e-comm, I I equate it to, you know, I'm going to put up this website and I'm going to put all this time into designing it and it's going to have the coolest products. And I feel so great about everything. And then I get one visit by my mom, you know, (laughs) or I put all this time into this launch and I, I haven't like posted about it, but like, it looks so cool and the graphics are so cool. And, and then, my dad's the only one that buys, you know, like it's, that stuff is, is heartbreaking. And it's the type of thing that like, what you, what you let in with of of like the unsuccessful entrepreneur, and it's, it's, that's phase one, you know, or or even really probably like phase five, you know, Mm -hmm. because phase one is the getting the loan, right? And then it's the three months of store build out. And then it's the, where the hell are we going to live? And then it's the, you know, it's like all of that stuff. And then like, to go through all of that pain and work and long hours and then to have those 12-hour days where not a single person comes in the door that's not trying to sell you something, deliver something or take something. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a it, it's it can be demoralizing, right? And and it's it's part of what makes what we do as entrepreneurs so fulfilling, but also what makes it so hard to to do for most people, to to stick mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to insinuate that this is what happened with your, your partners, but with, with you being in the startup phase, with it being so tough and so stressful for everybody, what happened, you know, whenever two of the three people just leaving yourself exit a company in such an early stage, what was the fallout from that as far as like what you had to all of a sudden pick up?
1: Yeah. Um, I man, I would say there was definitely, um, some things I definitely had to learn. And I got really lucky that the partners, like I'm still good friends with both of those guys, um, that they were very patient with, with leaving and, and letting us transition because we were all working second jobs at the time. Uh, we didn't have any, any employees. Um, there were, you know, certain financial aspects that we had to kind of get figured out. Mm. A lot of things for me to learn. Like we had, you know, one of the, like I was, you know, I had my set of responsibilities. Mine were a lot of graphics. Uh, I dealt with a lot of the inventory. We had another partner that was doing a lot of the finances. We had another partner that was doing a lot of, um, online and technical stuff. So I had to learn, learn all of those things. So honestly, genuinely like huge shout out to my original partners because they stuck around for about six months working the store without any pay just to make sure they left left in a position where we, where we could succeed. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it was man, again, very, very close friends. Um, and, and definitely not the easiest thing to, to part ways, man. And, and definitely not even easy to be, to be in a partnership in the first place. That definitely is something not. to not be understated, man. When, when you're so bought in and your partners are, are just as bought in as you are, man, it's, it's tough to, to, not be overly emotional about about the some of the decisions being made um so definitely very lucky to to and and be where we are today um but yeah we got to kind of a point where it's when that was going down and when when the transition was finally happening i think i was i was i was more excited than i was nervous there were definitely some things that i just had to kind of like i could be taught as much as as they could teach me but i just kind of had to do it and fuck it up a little bit. Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss or not. You're you're allowed
0: to cuss. You can say whatever you want.
1: Um, but I had to, I kind of had to screw some things up a little bit and just figure it out and learn. And today, you know, I definitely obviously hope that I have a handle on all this stuff that they used to, used to, um, used to do, or at least somebody here does. Um, but the, the, the biggest thing was I was, I was excited to kind of, kind of be on my own because we were at this point where, you know, we were, we had been open for two years we we had seen it we'd grown to be enough sales to where we could pay pay our bills we could pay our rent um you know utilities loan payments you know whatever we had um didn't really have enough to pay ourselves so we were all still working for free at that point in time yeah and our second year we didn't see a whole lot of growth compared to our first year so that was definitely uh quite a bit of a gut punch and in so we're all trying to kind of figure out why that is and how we get past that this plateau that we've hit and it was it was very difficult with 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 three people total it's it's tough to make make big decisions and make big changes and and all be on board without a ton of discussion about it and coming to compromises and this and that. Yeah. And you know, I had my opinions, they had other opinions on on things that they thought should need to happen. And um, you know, ultimately, when they decided to go pursue other things, uh, it gave me the opportunity to kind of implement some stuff that that I wanted to see put in place, but but they weren't super keen on. So that was, I would say, the biggest thing that I was I was excited about is like I finally get to put some ideas that I have towards this company and see how they how they go. And there were big ideas, and I understand why why they thought it was it was risky. Uh, I think I was in this boat of like, man, like. I'd rather at least try those and fail than For sure. than sit here and either just quit or wait until it just slowly dies. For sure. So um, we got really were, lucky on some of those those decisions. What were some of those ideas? Um, man, big thing was I'd say the two biggest things that we implemented. One, we started doing t-shirts that year and I I had that written
0: down. So I was, I was hoping that was one of them. Okay. Sorry. Continue.
1: (laughs) You're good, man. Um, so we placed a big order of t-shirts and, and we were doing shirts from time to time, but they were like, you had to pay for, um, some, and we were doing a lot of, a lot of times like a charity shirt where it's, you know, 10, 15 bucks. And the profits go to, you know, this, this organization, this charity. Um, but we started doing, we really, went all out on on uh, what we call customer appreciation shirts and and we still do some orders of those today because we genuinely appreciate the the people that that come into our doors and and just wanted to show that and and hook them up with a shirts like you don't have to buy a shirt like let's just hook you up like man you're spending sixty dollars like I can I can hook you up with a shirt that costs us 10 bucks Um yep. So we bought, I mean, I think it was, I think it was 500 shirts, which, which was a decent amount, especially at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, so we kind of went all out on that. We made them last as long as possible and kind of, kind of slowly passed those out to people that we really appreciated. Um, so that was a big thing. So I think we got, we finally got a little bit of marketing out there in that, in that regard. Um, that year we also launched, uh, our first challenge as well. We did, uh, it used to be called the Oxidate Challenge. Today, it's called the Define Yourself Challenge. We're, we're, yep. We actually still do that. We're about to launch another one. when We get to January. That was, it was all centered around a new product that we that we were that we had developed. It was kind of a reformulation to a product we had previously, um, but it was kind of grouped together, and it's called called the Oxidate. Um, it was. It includes a uh, um, Define Thermo and Define Sleeper, which are two products we used to have, but we reformulated those and we grouped them all into one so that the idea is that they're supposed to be taken together. It's, it's more of a weight loss product. Got um, it. We got to the point where we ran out of inventory on those and, and it was iffy on if we had enough to reorder those or not. Um, so when we got to 2018, I said, let's move forward with it. Like I had put a lot of time into reformulating that. Um, and we, we placed the order for that in 2018 and we got to launch that product in April of that year. And we, and we launched a challenge based around that as well of like, if you purchase a product and you see the best results with it, we'll give you, I think it was 500 bucks at the time for one male, one female. Mm-hmm. And, and that took off like crazy. Um, that was, that was a huge success. And and so we've done it, we've done it multiple times since, Um, but those are probably the two biggest things that we implemented when, when we got to 2018 was, was the Oxidate product with the challenge, uh, and the t-shirts.
0: That's awesome. So that, Mm -hmm. that kind of, I mean, that's a perfect segue into what I had written down next, which this is something that I have always thought was genius about you guys. And now knowing the backstory behind it, I think it's even cooler is, is the (laughs) t-shirts, right? Like I, For those of you guys that aren't local to Oklahoma or I guess the OKC, Yukon, Edmond, you know, Norman area, you can't walk into a gym in Oklahoma without seeing one of these t-shirts that we're talking about, a triad (laughs) t-shirt. And it's because you guys have done, like, I know you said that the challenge is huge, but I guarantee you if there was a way for us to trace back acquisition and attribution to your 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 t-shirts, right, and the views and everything that that's had in the real world, I guarantee you that has been such a huge driver of business for you guys because it's, I'll never forget the first time I walked in and they were like, have you have you shopped in here before? And I'm like, no. And so like just for placing my first order in the store, I just got a t-shirt and I've probably got like five <laughs> or six of them in my closet right now, you know, and it's uh, it's so genius because it's, it's what you call a lost leader in the business world, mm-hmm. right? Like it's something that... You know, people can come in and buy a T-shirt if they want, but they're they're coming into a supplement store to shop for supplements most of the time. But if they walk out wearing a walking advertisement for you guys, right, and they're in the health and fitness space and they're wearing that to the gym because it's associated with with the gym and with health and with fitness, now all of a sudden you've created just this network of of advertisement of of views of community. Because if somebody else walks out and they see somebody with a triad shirt on, what do they automatically have in common? Something to talk about, right? The place right. they shop for supplements. And so I have always thought that was such a smart move on you guys' part. And I've tried to carry that into each each business that, that I've been involved in or, or started since is like, what can I do that is going to add that layer of community and what can I do that's going to be something that I might not necessarily make money or or might even cause me to lose money on the first sale or first interaction, but that gets me a customer for life and gets me more customers. So I just want to give you your flowers on that because I think it is a genius, genius marketing initiative.
1: So to be honest, man, uh, pretty much anything we've implemented hasn't has, has never been my original idea. It's always taken from from you know this business that's sometimes not even in our industry but like yeah. it's all like it's I mean it's a classic saying of there's never any original ideas so I, yeah. I don't want to be the one to take credit credit for that um there was a, a different version of what we do now but but we did do a decent amount of that at, at supplement superstores as well that's uh, awesome. it was the the buying into that it was worth it in the first place was, <laughs> was definitely tough because those 500 shirts can be expensive man that's yeah. for sure yeah it's a couple grand think, you know right and i think man you touched on it uh, really really well too is the one thing that gave us the confidence in the first place is like is is getting t-shirts where we're at right now like saturating the gyms to where they to the point that they are now has has been tens of thousands of shirts and over the course of of the last five years uh, which is a lot of money and definitely something that would we wouldn't have committed to in the first place. No, so yeah. we looked at it more as like a, this is something to just show our appreciation and make someone feel like they're part of the the Dorito gang as yeah. we coined a few years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually came from like someone's like 3-year-old son that thought the triangle looked like a Dorito. Right, so. Dorito yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was man, let's just try and make this 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 customer a more loyal supporter and that's that's the only goal. And if we get some advertising from it, then that's awesome. And then mm-hmm. the more we can double on, on that, double down on that and continue to push that, the more we can saturate the market with that and get and use it as actual marketing. But it's the appreciation that, that helped us take that leap in the first place.
0: Yeah. And I I again I, I think it's genius and, and the the best ideas do typically come from other industries in my experience It's like if you can look at you know, what somebody else or some other business or some other, you know, even industry out there that's not even necessarily always going to be related to you. If you can look at that and you can think, how can I apply that in my own business? Those are where the best ideas come from because then you get to take as the visionary, as the CEO, or as even just a leader in your organization, you get to take something that, that is not necessarily completely brand new, but you can make it new and novel and, and, you know, an impact driver in your own community, in your own in business and organization. so I think it's. I, I I wanted to say that to you, and I had it written down from the beginning because I I've <laughs> always thought that that was just such a great great idea um, from you guys. So I, I want to give you give you your flowers on that. Appreciate it. I know it. with with you talking about like the period of time where, you know, both those guys they slowly exited, which is fantastic that they they took the time to do that. I've been in partnerships that have gone sour. I've been in partnerships where, you know, I mean not not that it went sour, but the Revive Gummies thing, you know, that was an example of a partnership that didn't end up working out and it although I thought the company had a ton of potential and we had so much momentum and everything, it was just two different visions, you know, and I ultimately at the end of the day didn't have didn't have the p- power to continue it on my own um, at least in the way that it would have needed to be continued to continue to have wings and kind of take off. But it's, it's awesome that they, they let out with that, but you get to that point, right? Where it's all of a sudden it's you. And I I remember reading on your Instagram where you talked about, you kind of started to look introspectively and think like, these guys are out now. Like, is this my cue? Is this a sign that I should be out too? Is this a sign that I'm I'm done. Is it? What do I do? Do I continue to, to go down this path? So, what was it for you that kept you in on Triad?
1: Man, I think kind of going back to the reason I was excited to to take over on my own. It was it was those those ideas and those those projects I wanted to wanted to see. I I think I would have regretted it forever if I would have bailed at the same same time, and I probably shouldn't use that because I, I that's not how I would describe the um, previous partners um, leaving. But if I would have left at the same time, I I would have always wondered if those ideas that I had, if they would have worked out or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I and it, and it would have killed me to have to leave without without at least trying. them. I think yeah. I think it's... that was that was the biggest thing is I had to I just had to know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. No, that's part. That's part of it of being a creative, and and also, it's the sunk cost fallacy too. You know, like that mm-hmm. was so, what was so hard about with me for revive was, like, I have to live the rest of my life now, thinking about how much we accomplished in such a short period of time and where we all were, and like all the we still get DMs to this day, and people are like, "Where can I buy you?" Like, I can't find it online anymore. I can't find yeah. it in my store that I was shopping at, and I'm like you know, it breaks my heart every time because I, I never will know what that could have been, you know? And now I'm mm-hmm. seeing creatine gummies pop up left and right, and I'm like, that could have been us, you know? Like, they're capitalizing yeah. on some customers that we could have had, and so um, I, I can resonate with that for sure. And I know I, I saw another post, and I, I even, like, of the caption because I thought it was so powerful, but it was, a, it was basically a selfie, and it looked like you had had, um, you know, an emotion, emotional kind of, like, weekend, and you talked about you you know, it was just you at this point as, in, as far as leadership. And you had a couple of employees by the sound of it. And you had one employee, you were planning to get your first weekend off in a, in a while, you know, and you had one employee call in sick, so you ended up filling in for them. And then the other employee called in sick for the next day. So your weekend off after running yourself ragged for so long turned into two full 12-hour days. And talk about talk about that as an entrepreneur. Like the, the silent stuff that people don't really get to see and, and hear about.
1: Yeah, it was uh gosh, I, I can't even remember who the first I think the first one was Zach, Zach Younger that used to work with us. Yep, it was Zach. Uh, that was that was uh, getting sick. And the second one was Alfonso. And yep. I don't know if Alfonso, <laughs> I love Alfonso to death. Obviously, still great friends with him. Um he just had a knack for his timing, at least on that <laughs> it was Jesus yeah. because uh, the weekend off was essentially, it was, it, I think it was just a crazy week where, you know, I had all my regular back-end responsibilities that, that take up a certain amount of hours. And, you know, it's not, it's it that that doesn't even include working in the store, taking customers, keeping it clean, restocking, all all of those tasks. Um, so I'm covering for another employee f- for a lot of that week. So a lot of my back-end stuff is getting pushed off and and so my my weekend off was supposed to be me catching up on all of that and and doing yeah. stuff like placing orders that has to happen for us to continue to operate right and and so i finally i think it was sunday i finally had sunday off i i i went to went to a coffee shop cuz i was like i need to be in my own space i just need to focus i'm going to knock out as much of this as i possibly can i'm going to get done at least what i have to get done um, and then like, as soon as I sit down, I either got a text or a call from Alfonso saying that, Hey man, I don't feel so well, man, can you come work for me? And I'm just being like, dude, I'm never going to get to even reorder products. <laughs> like we yeah. are going to run out of stuff because I'm just constantly working. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, uh, it was getting home that evening and still having essentially a week's worth of, of end work. Um, and that I hadn't even started and it being like eight o'clock at night and and just feeling like just totally wiped out. Um, huge shout out to my, to my wife, Alyssa, who now works at the company and, and handles all our inventory and, and yeah. actually keeps us organized, which is, I don't know how she does it with three stores. I could barely do it with one, but uh, um, she jumped in, helped out as much as she could, took as many tasks as she could. I'm pretty sure she's the one that ended up placing Placing orders that evening, we stayed up until two, three in the morning, got everything that had to be done, made a plan for how to, how to accomplish the rest of it, moving into the rest of the week. Uh, but yeah, that was, um, as far as the a feeling of overwhelm, being overwhelmed, I think that was, that was about the peak for me. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the most overwhelmed I've ever felt. So,
0: But it's so... <laughs> It's so, and I've I've got some stuff written down about Alyssa too, um, and she's fantastic. By the way, like every time we worked with her with Revive, she was always so just on it and just like a, a machine. Um, but it's so refreshing to me, and I think you know I, I've kind of like kind of like silently admired you from afar, and you you know I know I've commented on a bunch of your stuff and everything, but it's so refreshing to me to, to see those things actually put on social media and talked about um, from a fellow entrepreneur. Because I think as entrepreneurs, and I'm definitely guilty of this as well, um, I think a lot of what we do is we, because we have that superiority complex, because we have a little bit of like self-belief, but also kind of like, can I actually do this crazy thing that's in my head? Like it, it's easy for us to kind of only promote the, the highlight reel. Of what we're accomplishing, what what is going right, the things that are happening good for us, and so whenever I see you post things like that, um, I wanted to give you your flowers on this too. Is like it makes me, um, in particular, and I know I know other people as well. It makes me feel not alone in that regard, you know, because it I've had those weeks, and I've had a few of those weeks recently, right? Of we're we're pretty much we're still in the startup phase for for what Mike and I are trying to do, and it's it's real easy to constantly justify like I've the only reason that I stop working at this point is is for Kinsey, is to hang mm-hmm. out with Kinsey, right, and be there with her. That's my wife's name. Um, mm-hmm. and and it's I've told her before of like she's like what are you what are you gonna do like while I'm gone or if I've got a trip or while I'm going to visit my parents and I'm like I'm gonna work like I I I only stop like whenever I I know that I want to be like that husband that I that I that she deserves quite frankly. And so it's so refreshing to me though to just see that there's other people that feel like to feel that I'm not alone in, the, in my suffering, right? Because as an entrepreneur, we have that specific complex of for some reason putting ourselves in those situations and where we can, a couple of people are down for the week. Like you've got a, we've got four or five people in our company, you know, I think actually like six now. But if two people are down on my team, guess what? Baker's workday goes from Ten or twelve hours to sixteen or eighteen, and you know I'm the one that's talking, doing all the client fulfillment, all the client management. Mm-hmm. So I want to, what enables you, I guess, to to share more of that side of things and be the the unsuccessful entrepreneur publicly, um, and why did you start doing that?
1: Yeah, um, I would say, man, I think one thing that definitely helps, and, and that post in particular will probably be a good example is. I, I took that picture that evening and then, then, you know, got to work. Uh, but I didn't post it that evening. I took that picture knowing I, I'm, I, I, cause I could feel it in the moment. It's like, this was the first time that I feel so overwhelmed that I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to accomplish, to, to accomplish everything is, the task, you know, yeah. it, me and, and, and pretty much everybody else here has always been like, man, if, if, you know, if, I've like, I'll figure out the time. Like, I won't sleep tonight. We'll get it done. We'll do whatever needs, needs to happen. Like I've pulled my fair share of all nighters, but, uh, that was the first time I was like, I don't know if I'm capable of it. And that's, that feeling was pretty daunting. And that's when I, I kind of recognized, I was like, this is the first time I've, I've really felt like this. So I I took that picture, but I didn't, I didn't commit to posting it until, a week or two later until I had, I was like, at least let me get through this before I throw this extra stress of being vulnerable. Like, Hey guys, hope I make it through the night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hope the, hope the business is still around tomorrow. Hope I get all my stuff done. But, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's one thing that's helped me a lot is, 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 Still posting, trying to trying to post more real time, but just just a week or two after after things happen, give me a little time to at least get through that hard situation, uh, and and come to terms with it, and 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 get to the point where I can be a little bit more vulnerable about it.
0: Yeah, how do you how do you feel like it's been since Alyssa came in, right, and and started working more on, on the inside of the business with you? How do you feel, how do you guys manage that relationship? Because I, I can tell that you lean on her a lot, right, personally, and and um, it seems like you guys have a, a fantastic kind of like give and take in your relationship, and and I know, you know, I'm six months married now, um, as of this yeah, past congrats, week. congrats, by and, the way. So, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. How do you guys balance um, the, the working relationship and then the, the actual relationship?
1: Yeah. Um, it definitely is a lot of gray area to it. That's for sure. One, I've got a lot of trust in her and that a lot of that stems from her just helping out in her free time. Cause she was, you know, in the first three years of business, uh, she was, she was working another full-time job. And, um, yeah. especially when the partners left, she would help out on, on nights and weekends sometimes. And, um, there was one particular time where I gave her, gave her about a about two days worth of, of, stuff for, on my to-do list and just said, Hey, you know, whatever you can get done. Awesome. You know, just, just go for it. i I've got to do my own thing. And, and she knocked all of that out in about an hour yep. and it did it all probably better than I could have. And that's what definitely gave me a lot of trust and, and started talking to her about potentially coming to work full time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that trust was definitely, definitely big in the first place. Um, and two, it's 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 definitely constant work. Like it's never something that just gets. It's sometimes easier easier than other times, um, but it it still definitely takes constant work to keep a good mindset towards the whole thing, uh, because at, at the end of the day, it is it is one big company, and, and decisions have to be made, and and it's not it's not possible for one person to make all the decisions, and and, and I know that, and I have to pass those along sometimes. But sometimes, if there are you know different opinions or different decisions that need to be made. Someone needs to step in and, and make certain calls. Uh, and that person usually ends up being me. I rarely have to do that. That one can, can sometimes be tough yeah, because, um, she can have a very strong opinion about something and I can, I can definitely be on the other side of the coin about that. Um, but I think there's a mutual respect. I think there's, there's usually an understanding of, 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 you know, sometimes there's been a lot of times where she knows better than I do. And I, and I, I will go into it knowing, Hey, I, I really think we should go a different direction with this, but you know what? Like, I'm going to let her, her make, make the decision here. Um, but I think she also has a decent amount of respect going in the opposite direction of, of, I think at the end of the day, like someone's got to make the call and, and, um, and, 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 I guess I don't know really really where it comes from but I at least I know I get a decent amount of respect from her uh, yeah. when I do do have to kind of step in and make decisions. So um but yeah, it's it's not something that that's ever gotten to the point where it's like okay, we're good now, but uh, yeah. it does it does take constant work.
0: For sure. How how do you guys manage the the start and stop of the working relationship versus like you guys' actual relationship and being, you know, parents now and and being married and all of that. Like how that's something I've always been interested in is um, if you, you know, how do you mark that time of like, whenever we get home, right? Cause I know you probably work at home. I just like I do. And whenever you get home, is there like a certain time of night? Like where, where do you set guys set those boundaries or do you set them? You just kind of, maybe you just kind of do both. And, and um,
1: there. I'd say there's, there's very, very few boundaries. Um, yeah. it's funny. I, the first week is where she came on and was working, working full time at the stores. Uh, when we got home, I still had things I wanted to talk about that were work related. And she respectfully told me, Hey, I'd rather not talk about work now that we're home. Yeah. I said, fair enough. Uh, you could tell her excitement built after about a week or two because Mm -hmm. I was being very strict about not talking about work at, at home. And then she started bringing up stuff that she was different projects She was excited about. And I was like, wait a second. I thought we weren't supposed to talk about work when we got home. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And from that point on, I think it's, I think it's because it's overall, it is a project that we are both excited to, to work on and build and grow. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so there is a lot of gray area and and both of our responsibilities are, you know, neither of us are, are on shift. We don't clock in or clock out. It's, um, you know, taking care of responsibilities, especially with, with the baby. Now it's taking care of responsibilities when, when we get the time or as things arise or things happen, you know, it's a lot of answering questions, working with people that are working. So, um, her probably even more than myself, but she's, she's pretty much constantly on call with people asking her questions. I don't know how many she gets a day. Um, there are a few, a few times, uh, that, that I know at least I've done, and I think she's done as well. Of hey, you know, I think I think I'm just kind of tapped out. I think I just need a little time to to not think about work if we've got if we've got a second. Could we go the rest of the night and just turn a movie on, or just talk about something else, or and and that's yeah. pretty rare. Um, again, because I think we're both we both enjoy enjoy what we do quite a bit. Is is we're excited to talk about it when we get home, especially because we don't we don't we don't always work together. Like today, we're both at the warehouse. Um, but we're not always in the same place every day where I'm sometimes bouncing around to different stores. Um, You know, sometimes I'll be at the warehouse and she's, she's working from home or this or that. So it's, it's a little nicer to reconvene. We've both been working on the same thing all day, different aspects of it, and then get to kind of reconvene at the end of the day. And like, here's what I did, here's what you did. So.
0: Yeah, I think that's important. I know, I know I've talked to, um, you know, several couple couples in entrepreneurship and it gets from what I've seen is like it gets really tough if you're working on the same thing side by side the entire day and then you go home the same time. So you're spending like, you're waking up together, breakfast, work for 12 hours, lunch, dinner, like everything and you're like, oh my gosh, I just need to get away from this person by the end of the day. Um, And so it seems like you guys are doing a great job of of whenever you do have your own tasks and everything, it, it essentially becomes, Pretty normal to the to the average situation of like you guys kind of get to reconvene and talk about your days at the end of the day, and your days just happen to be both on the same mission, on the same company, just different aspects of it, which I think is is super cool.
1: Definitely helps us out a lot. If we were working on the same thing all day long, it would be it would be a whole other challenge for us. That's yeah. for sure.
0: <laughs> I bet so. I bet so. Um, we kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, and I know you talked about your your initial loan even had this built in, which I had no idea that it started that early, but. Talk about your your brand, define um, your, your supplement line. Talk about what was the vision behind that, and talk about where that has kind of scaled to today.
1: Yeah, um, man. There's been ebbs and flows to that whole company itself, man. Um, we the reason we first launched it was was Triad was was the vision first. The store was the vision first, and we got to the point where we were bringing in other brands and other products. And we, we found out there's a little bit more red tape to the industry than, than we realized you can't just yeah. bring in anything. Not everybody even does wholesale uh, or there's different exclusivities this or that. So we didn't have as much access to good quality products as we hoped we would. And And even some of them that we did, it was it wasn't exactly what we what we wanted to see. Like it was like, well, it's good for this, but, you know, it would be better if it had this in it or if this was changed. And and even sometimes when things were really really good, you'd watch them change over the years. Like their formula would change, and it would be good one at one point, and then not so good at another point. And it just it just was a, really a feeling of like, man, I don't know if we could provide the best service and try it if we don't have that that type of brand in the store, which is where Define Nutrition was born. Is it it will always be exactly what we would want to recommend to certain customers when they come in. Now when we're working with, especially like pre-workouts will be a good example. If everybody likes a little bit different pre-workout, so, and we know our pre-workout won't necessarily be perfect for everybody that walks in the door, but the certain type of person that's looking for that certain type of pre-workout, we have the utmost confidence that that's going to work for for them the way that we want it to. Um, So that's where that brand really kind of got going and where we we actually, um increase the the amount we were applying for on our loan to to cover those products and and when we first launched we we got to do i think it was 11 different SKUs if you include wow. all the flavors so it was like six different products including the flavors it was 11 SKUs. so it was a lot right off the bat um, yeah. we didn't make enough to reorder a lot of those <laughs> um, and we had to we ended up switching up manufacturing minimums went up uh to to increase the quality increase um a handful of aspects uh, as far as that goes um so we had to actually scale back quite a bit uh we had to focus just more on triad we got a little bit more access to some good quality brands um so we had to scale back to find to be at one point i think it was only three SKUs. yeah um and in 2018 is when we relaunched the Thermo and the Sleep and the Oxidate box. So we, it kind of was like, that that's, was very much needed in Triad. It was more For of sure. that was the idea as opposed to it, it trying to grow Define. And then in 2019, we released a pre-workout. And that's what kind of spurred the uh, trying to grow Define as its own company and, and build a little bit more there. We launched, launched an ambassador program shortly after that. We... Uh, have launched a number of different products now we're somewhere in the 20s as far as SKUs go um, we're starting to it's really cool man we've really for the first time we've got we've got one employee that has 10 hours they started in store but they've got 10 hours dedicated directly to define nutrition not try it. that's the first time this has ever happened this year uh yeah. and it's on the wholesale side of things Is he's built uh, a number of wholesale accounts Um, some in the Midwest, some on the East coast a little bit, and it's got a lot of momentum with it. So it's, it's really cool to see Define kind of growing outside of, outside of triad. So, uh, man, we've got plans to kind of hopefully get a little bit more D to C going. Um, but yeah, man, I know that's something you have experience with is, is trying to get online sales going is, uh, as a whole beast in itself, man. And it's not something that, that we felt like we've had, had the manpower to even accomplish, while yeah. on top of trying to keep triad going. So it's not something that that we jumped into lightly, man.
0: It's tough. Yeah. And it's the the big thing is like that's a huge accomplishment that you guys have gotten to work to work one employee up to kind of just doing that. Um, because it's uh it really is about getting out there in the supplement space from what I learned just doing doing revive was the, the supplement space specifically, like it's about how the more hands you shake the more deals you make. You know what I mean? Like it's, you got to get out there, you got to get samples in people's hands. A lot of, honestly, a lot of stores in the industry, they don't want to hear you out. They don't want another product. And so you've got to, you know, I would do things like I'd call and call and call. And if nobody's answering me or stuff, like sometimes it would be getting in there, finding kind of like who the champion employee would be. Right. And, and making best friends with that person, you know, sitting there while, while they tell me their life story for a few hours and I kind of like bond with this guy, you know, and like get to really build an actual relationship at the core, right, of the person that's doing the day to day and that does two things for you from what I learned and I'm not telling you anything you don't already know but um, that does is two things for you is like, number one is it helps you have an in in some point in the company other than just trying to call some type of a sales rep or some type of a um, you know accounts manager type of role. And it also means that whenever somebody comes into the store, if that employee that's actually working in retail has the relationship with you, whose product are they going to walk over to show when someone's coming in looking for a creatine gummy? You know, they're going to go show them mine because they like me, right? Not because necessarily like obviously you want to have a great product, but a lot of times that doesn't even matter. You know, like that's like (laughs) they, they want to help the relationships that they have in place. And so it is a tedious um very, very tough thing to do. But you guys are one thing I'll say about you guys is I never once like walked into triad and felt like I was getting like pushed or, or force fed defined products. You know, mm-hmm. like that might get mentioned if I'm looking for a specific thing, but it wasn't like it's not like that's your goal is like you guys have a supplement space with a bunch of backup products and then define it's it's truly looking at, like you said, the customer on a one-on-one basis and what are they looking for, what do they need for their specific goals. And if that ends up aligning with the fine, hey, here's this product, like we can back it because we had it created, like this is what we, we made for people just like you. So I've always, you I know, thought that was cool too, because I never once got pushed or sold It didn't feel like anyone had a commission on their head for, I got to sell this much to today.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, man, we actually did have to, what you just explained, we had to kind of relearn that lesson where it's something that we learned that that's that's our best strategy within store. Uh, We kind of had to relearn that within wholesale as well of like, oh, you know, we had this idea of, you know, we won't make as high of a margin because we've got to sell it to these retailers at a discount so they can make a margin, but we'll be able to sell a lot more of it, hopefully easier because of that. And in reality. There were no no shortcuts, just like you said, man, that we had to, it's, that's the only strategy that's, that's worked for Ian. And it's, it's something that he's been working on for over a year now, man. Uh, and, and is finally just starting to really gain some traction with it, Mm -hmm. but it's, that's the only strategy that's really worked is actually getting to know these people and, and, and to get us in the door in the first place and hopefully actually be recommending and selling some of our stuff
0: that's awesome so with with the online side how is that kind of going what are your i'm always curious to know kind of what what are your plans to get that to kind of compete or or be near the same level as the wholesale side or even is it has it surpassed it
1: yeah um uh wholesale is definitely the biggest so all of our wholesale like our wholesale compared to our d2c like online sales is uh at least right now massive like our wholesale makes up a lot more of our our independent Define sales and our dsc does um yeah it definitely is a tough thing man i think we've got uh a lot of presence with define here in oklahoma city but the people that find out about about define usually buy define through try it which is awesome obviously yeah um but trying to kind of branch outside of oklahoma city can be difficult because we can't get out there and, and meet these people face to face nearly like we do here in oklahoma city um so we're we're we're, it'll definitely be one of those things where we go back to the drawing board a lot, where we try 10 different things and only one of them works out. Um, man, we're we're kind of getting in this boat, and this is something new, actually, so I don't even know if it'll work out or not, but we're starting to, to do little care packages of some samples of the stuff that we make, some of our more popular stuff, uh, and sending it to people that have shown, in one way or another, a little bit of interest online. Uh, wow, that's but awesome. not, but not purchased of, Hey, yeah. we saw you had some interest via this Avenue or this Avenue like Just, wanted to send cart just some, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, and I, I don't even know if we've really figured out. That's, that's one idea. I don't even know if we've, we've necessarily figured out if that's even possible or not, but, but that Avenue, we found a kind of a couple, like, um, uh, we just did a round of ambassador applications, uh, recently and, and, we're we're very picky about who we bring on. Uh, yeah. We can't. We don't have the ability to to treat each ambassador like we, we When we bring someone on as an ambassador, we we provide a lot. Um, we we typically try and do um, uh, an an announcement post to kind of bring some attention on them. Uh, we typically leading up to that, we'll have to get a photo and a video shoot to be able to have the content to make that post. Yeah. Um, you're typically getting invited to certain events and. Um, And so we provide a lot for our ambassadors. So we're not capable of bringing on everybody. We would not be able to provide that level of service for every ambassador that we brought on. So it is fairly selective. So there was a, a portion of the ambassadors that applied on our last applications that had never even really tried any of the products before, at least from what we could tell. So mm-hmm. that was one avenue for us of like, hey, like here's a little care package, just like just just try some of the products and even see if it's something that you like, man. Yeah. Um, more than anything, and and that's kind of bled into like like you said the abandoned carts uh, idea, and it's it's something that was literally just an idea, and we've never even really looked into it at all. Um, it's, it's super creative.
0: Yeah. I, I love it.
1: Yeah, but that's uh, just just kind of some early ideas on on that man. It's it's I'm sure we're gonna have to do a lot of trial and error within that department to kind of get that thing rolling. But yeah, uh, but yeah, that's uh, it's exciting. Again, like I said before, man, it's exciting to have different ideas and different projects to implement to see if they work or not. So,
0: that's awesome. Well, I know we've talked a little bit about about Alyssa. We've talked a little bit about your personal life. Something very recent and new that has changed in your personal life is becoming a dad. Um, I'm curious from somebody who that's probably, you know, in the realm of very near possibilities in the, you know, next couple of years is what does, what does that look like from an entrepreneur's perspective for you? Like, have you noticed, have you had to slow down entrepreneur? Like what talk, walk me through becoming a dad, what that's been like for you?
1: Um, so Riley, uh, our daughter was born uh, tomorrow it will be seven weeks. So Mm. I'm still very much learning myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I imagine so.
1: And we're, we're in a phase. Um, I've heard the, the first three months, um, is definitely very different from, from after three months that, that things start to kind of get a little bit more manageable, that they become a little bit more of a person or right now she's still very much an infant. Um, so, yeah. I don't know if I have a ton of wisdom to give, but the thing that I know I went into it pretty, pretty hardheaded or pretty stubborn of, I still want to accomplish everything that I, that I would normally accomplish and still want to be there. I still want to be a father. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have, of committed to it or jumped into it or been willing to get into it. If I, if I didn't know I could, I could give it my all as, as far as a father goes. And, yeah. and, uh, I'm still figuring out how to do that myself. So, um, but uh, flexibility has been the biggest thing for me so far, at least through this stage, is is learning that I'm not going to be as schedule oriented as I as I'm used to being. I'm not going to accomplish things as 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 diligently as I as I have in the past. Sometimes I'm going to wake up a little earlier than I'm expecting to, and I'm going to have to help feed the baby, and then I'm gonna you know, and then things are going to get hectic, and I'm not going to get to do my morning routine
0: speaking and, of just, just saw just saw Alyssa and if you guys are watching on YouTube you just
1: saw Alyssa and and little Riley <laughs> um but uh, yeah it's 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 learning that um and luckily I'm in a spot where a lot of my responsibilities are are in this in this realm of like I can I've got a lot of flexibility on when I can accomplish those and I'm I yeah. I got really good at accomplishing those that, when I was going to be the most efficient about it mm-hmm. um but learning that that things aren't going to go according to plan <laughs> right now, and and just still yeah. doing my best to to get them all done throughout the day. So,
0: do you do you feel an extra like what is that like that moment where you realize that now the the risks and everything that you're taking, like the stuff that long hours you're subjecting yourself to, the the things that you're kind of going through, do you feel like that extra weight of like I've got to do this now like I've got to like make all this happen because she is is also depending on
1: me that's that's honestly something that that I've 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 been kind of looking forward to and and man one person I really look up to uh, in in that realm of things is is actually Sean Vasquez with with Pride Foods is yeah, I he's watched a great him one. him launch his company probably I think it was right after his daughter was born, and yep. and his mentality towards his company was just different. It was it was his way of providing for his daughter, and I that mm-hmm. was that was really interesting to me because I had like my motivation was very different from that uh, going into it. And I always thought you know starting a family would would only take away from uh, take away from my day to day and being able my effort towards towards the business itself. And uh seeing that was really motivating of like you can have a family and, and you be and be even more motivated to to just kill it in business. Yeah. Uh so that was that was definitely really cool. I was excited for that aspect. I don't know that that has fully set in yet. And then I would say that's probably because she still is very much an infant and uh you know we're not you know we're not feeding her actual food yet. You know, we're not yeah, having to buy. Yeah. She wears she wears onesies that you know we got for at at the baby shower, so it's yeah. it's it's not an 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 ongoing thing. I will say, uh, I get a little bit more nervous about things that could that could potentially hurt our business, be, and it's that started to feel a little bit more personal. Of like, hey, it's not yeah. just my income you're messing with anymore. Yeah. And it's not just the employees' income you're messing with anymore. It's like, this is Riley's income, and yeah, and, this is my
0: baby girl now. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> the company's my baby, but I got a real baby now that I gotta feed.
1: right. But yeah, That's I would awesome. say not fully fully set in yet, but but it's I, I'm excited for 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 that aspect. and I don't know how I'll really feel about it when that when that time starts to to develop a little bit more. but but, yeah, Sean is one that I've always looked at um, uh, and admired a lot in that regard.
0: He's that's something I I feel like a lot of people look up to him for and I mean perfect example he actually just texted me back right before we got got on here but I've been I had asked him to to hop on an episode a couple weeks ago and it was his answer was very blunt and straight to the point he's like hey gotta wait till the missus has a a day off I'm I'm watching the kids. And I'm like, well, do you know when that might, he's like, nope, but I'll text you. And, you know, I, I kind of just took that as like, I'll, you know, I'll, maybe I'll hear back from him. Maybe I won't, but he just texts me. He's like, Hey, let me, let me schedule out a time. I think I've got a few dates in mind. And so, um, he is somebody that I think, you know, if you text him after a certain time of night, he's in family mode, he's not going to text you back till the next day, right? Mm -hmm. Until he's in front of his computer and like, he's ready to work and like all of his family is, is in order and, and, and where they need to be. And so I, I definitely I know what you mean. Like I, I hope that I'm, uh, I'm a father like him. And I know it's in my control, but I, I hope I'm a father like him that, that has is to a certain point um, where I can, do those things and afford to do those things. But also, you know, shows up like I, like I want to show up and and is able to, not necessarily be as in the the grind phase of the business anymore, where I can I can be more in like enjoying being a father, enjoying raising raising my kids. And so I I know what you mean with Sean, he's a, he's an awesome guy.
1: He's a family man. That's for sure. He'll be an awesome one on the podcast. We, I mean, we had to go through the same thing ourselves of, of, of scheduling, scheduling with not just him, but, but his wife, Jess as well to make sure that, you know, not only he was free, but, but she could watch the kids, but, and we eventually made it happen. It was super worth it, man. He'll, he'll be an awesome, awesome guest.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited to have him on as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I do have a, a couple of more quotes that I want to get through. I know we've been, uh, I know I've taken up a bunch of your time today, but
1: no, that's all right, man. I know I get talking, so
0: <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm the same way. And I could do this. I could do this all day. This has been a blast. <laughs> so, uh, one, the first quote, it's really, really long. Um, but again, I, I think each of these in, encapsulates a lot of the things we've talked about today. So this first quote is a little bit longer, but I want you to, to speak to this. So it's not hard to start a business, but it's hard to run one. It's not hard to start a fitness journey, but it's hard to live a healthy lifestyle. It's not hard to make a kid, but it's hard to be a father. Things worth doing in life don't come easy. They take consistent, calculated, and intentional effort, but they also reap rewards you can't even fathom. I love, love to hear your thoughts one, on that one.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. To sum it up or to parallel that, it's it's the you know motivation will will, will come and go and and usually be there in in the early stages, but disciplines, what, what actually ultimately gets you to that end result. For Um, sure. And, and yeah, just, just like anything, man, is, is nothing really comes, nothing great really comes easy, at least for me. I wish I was, I was a little bit more lucky than I am, but, uh, but yeah, man, that's, that's, that's a really, it kind of breaks it down quite a bit more, man. I like that one quite a bit, man, to, and, and that, I, I think, man, especially hitting that, that kind of moment when, you know, partners were leaving and I was taking over on my own, it was, I think, I think a little bit different in mindset. There was, I think we were all hoping for the business to take off faster than it did. Yeah. And I think, I think the one mindset that served me well, at least in that situation, was I... I'm at the point where I, I don't know how long things are gonna take to get to the point where we're paying our bills and I can pay myself and and live a little bit more comfortable life. Uh, but I know if we if we keep trying we we'll, we'll eventually get there. like as long as we're yeah. consistently trying trying new things and trying to implement something that that does get us there and keep the things that we know are at least driving us a little bit, we'll we'll eventually figure out we'll, we'll get smart enough, we'll figure this out and, and we will get there. I don't know how long it'll take it could take a decade. But we'll get yeah. there. <laughs> Why?
0: Yeah. And that comes with a lot of inner work, I feel like, too, is, um, you know, Mike and I just got back from California where we went and we, we paid five figures for a a single day kind of like intensive. Um, and, it, and it was with a guy that made us kind of look internally at a lot of our own kind of bullshit and the the things that, you know. I struggle with and that I'm not great at or that I might have going on in my head or my heart or my life and same thing for Mike and and then you know you look at how you're operating individually as entrepreneurs then you got to look at how your partnership right is lining up and everything and it's like if I run my life in a chaotic fashion and Mike runs his life in a chaotic fashion and we're trying to sync up all this chaos together um, and they had us go through a list of questionnaires and we found out that we us two as a partnership were operating at around 50 por- 54%. We were on the same page on 54% of of what they asked us. Hmm. And so they basically framed it and like made us look at, like if you two are operating at 54% and you've got this team of people depending on you and looking to you for leadership, what do you think that the company is operating on? I can guarantee you it's not 54%, right? Mm-hmm. Because you guys are passing your bullshit to each other and then all that combined bullshit's getting... F- passed down to everybody else. Right. (laughs) And it's like, if you are clear on the vision, which it sounds like you were, and especially whenever it was, it just came down to you and your decisions. If you're clear on the vision, the, the vision itself. And I know that's one of the things that Alfonso talked about being so attracted to you for was, was your vision. But if you're clear on the vision and you're clear on what you're trying to accomplish with this company and where you see it going, that gives everyone else that that attracts more people to come help you and to build with you, but it also gives everyone something that they're building towards. And so if you just are kind of showing up today with aimlessly and and there's a lot of chaos going on and there's not much plans and you're not tracking a bunch of stuff and you're just kind of like hoping and praying that everybody does their part, that's that's gonna you're gonna be operating at that fifty four percent mark like we have been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh yeah, it is I feel like that's my my job primarily consists of just making sure everybody's on the same page these yeah. days, man. And a lot of times it's me just making sure I'm on the same page as everybody else or making sure other people are, are have enough information to be on the same page as me, man. That's uh, that, is, that, that responsibility is not to be understated. No,
0: not at all. All right, last kind of quote for you. Every once in a while, you get the chance to prove you are who the fuck you say you are. And if you don't take advantage when that opportunity arises, you're not.
1: I dig it. I, I feel like at least the first part of that quote made me think less about small opportunities, but, but what you do when nobody else is watching that at least my way of proving who, who I want people to think I am is, is almost always done when I'm, I'm working alone and nobody else is watching or, or in moments that are extremely stressful and usually drawn out. And how am I, how am I handling those? That's, that's my way of proving to people that I am who I say I am.
0: Yeah. And, and it, it's a, one of the biggest qualities I think that you can, you can't like, you have the power to craft in yourself as, as a leader is, is you have like, there's a lot of people out there that, that want to be this thing, right? Whether it's, they want to be fit, but whenever they get the opportunity to do what fit people do, they don't do that. Right. Or they want to be a successful entrepreneur, but when they get the opportunity to put in the long hours or or seize something or risk it all for this one opportunity that might catapult them there, they don't do it. You know, and, and the same thing you can go you can substitute that situation out for anything. But if you truly want to be what you say you want to be, you want to become who you say you want to become, you have to be seizing those opportunities when they come by because every time you don't, that's a that's we call it casting a vote for that other version of yourself, right? The previous version of yourself, the the non successful um, you know, version of who you're trying to become. Like you're casting mm-hmm. that vote, actively casting a vote to be that lesser version of you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Man, it's and it's I mean, kind of going back to the motivation versus discipline, it's like, dude, everybody's motivated to work out sometimes, but everybody's motivated yeah. to do something for their business sometimes. It's it's when nobody else is watching and, and you're not motivated to do anything and you've got tasks that you really hate doing is like, that just are going to be part of it. Sometimes you're not going to absolutely love every single aspect of it. Are you going to nope. do those? Or are you going to let those fall on the wayside and, and affect your business negatively?
0: For sure. For sure. All right, man. Um, what is next for, for you, for triad, for define?
1: Yeah. Um, man, obviously the fitness industry is, is seasonal. Um, we do our best every single year to make to make it less seasonal uh in the sense that we wish we we do our best to make sure that that people getting in shape and staying in shape are are more consistent year round about it i think nobody would argue that that would be a really good thing for everybody's health and uh in the world um so but at the end of the day People are tend to, you know, at least tend to be a, a portion of people that are more motivated in the beginning of the year as opposed to the end of the year. For um, sure. So regardless of of what we've been able to do so far, we typically are busier in January than we are than we are in December. And um, so, man, really just kind of gearing up for for January. Usually that's where, um, especially some of our newer stores, uh, if we're gonna see growth, we we see we see big jumps in January, and then it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the year. Uh, so we usually wait, wait until January before we really kind of make any, make a whole lot of plans for the rest of the year. I know I get the question a lot of, uh, man, are you guys opening up a fourth location? Eventually we will eventually one day we, we 100% will, whether it's this year or not. I don't know. Uh, we've got, we've got a lot of potential with our, our Yukon and our Norman store, which are our newer stores relative to the one that's been around since 2015. Um, and, and they've got room to grow they they haven't they haven't had the years of experience they haven't had the years to grow to be what that store is um, so the biggest thing for me is is let's let's see if, if our last year's worth of work is going to pay off and show us growth in January and then and then you know depending on what that looks like then we can we can kind of plan out the rest of our year on on what that kind of looks like will we will we be financially in a spot where we can we can go open up another location? Um, you know, how much will we have to dedicate to new defined products? Um, so nothing specific planned so far, man. I think kind of along the same theme line of like same theme that I was talking about earlier is is we will grow. We'll we'll, we'll launch tons of new defined products. We'll open up tons of new stores. Um, but uh, in the immediate future, I don't know. We're going to be patient with it, man. We're yeah. going to grow with what we got and make sure that we can. You know, not we're, we'll make sure that we're not we're not getting ahead of ourselves, or getting too impatient, so uh, and making making poor decisions. So we'll, uh, love it. yeah, new year will will tell us a lot.
0: I know you guys, um, and just to kind of illustrate the the exponential growth curve that you guys have been on, you know, it took you if I'm not mistaken, it took you three years to open your second location, right? And then since then, it's been two more locations and a warehouse, which is where you're at right now, right?
1: so it's it was um five actually five years of just the first location so our second location opened up five years after Mm -hmm. or roughly five years after our first location um and then our third location was about two years after that so the gap in time is shortening which is nice um yeah and um, so the the newest location opened up just over a year ago today Yep. and our warehouse um, we haven't even been so that's where I'm at right now and, and you mentioned earlier Alyssa walking around with the baby earlier it's it yeah. is kind of the one nice thing is we can bring the baby to work and you know hang out at the warehouse um, uh, definitely makes being a, a parent to to a newborn a little bit easier having that flexibility oh, yeah I bet I bet um, but uh, yeah we haven't even we've been in this warehouse for for less than a year so yeah
0: that's mm-hmm. awesome man well. It's from from my perspective it's been uh very very cool to watch you guys and to see you talk about, you know. I know everyone's asking about the the new location this year, you know, against my what I would love to do as an entrepreneur and just taking big risks like we're going to wait one more year and then to watch you open up that third location um in Yukon and then not too long after that it felt like the next day right launched the the warehouse and how it went from (laughs) you know the the couple of pallets that were in there initially and all the posts you were making about that and then you're like now you're like hey we're kind of looking at uh, sometime soon in the near future we've we've kind of filled this thing up we're probably gonna need to look at more warehouse space it's (laughs) it's been awesome to, to watch
1: real real quick man Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, we're, no, you're good. we've got more stuff on the way too, man. And it's obviously not the biggest of warehouses, ha- warehouse no, spaces, that's... but, um, but yeah, we have, we've, we've filled it up more than or faster than I was expecting. That's for sure. Yes. So.
0: Which is awesome. It, it's been so cool So cool to see. Um, the last kind of question that I ask everybody that I have on as a guest is what are you, Kevin Wheelheit going to accomplish by any means necessary?
1: The to try and get a little bit more specific with it will be to have to have a not just a warehouse space, but a a headquarters one day that is 30 times bigger than the space that we're in right now Mm -hmm. with a badass gym in it with with, you know, a whole like cafeteria, offices, and the biggest aspect of of that vision is is to have some badass offices on either side of me that are filled by people that are here with us today, man. It's yeah. it's very much a team effort. It's it's very much a lot of people have dedicated a lot to this company and sacrificed a lot to to be here and, and, and to help it grow. Um, and those are the people that, that when we, when we do make it big, I want their, I want them to be right there with us. So.
0: That's so sick, man. I have no doubts that you'll do it. Um, and, and I'm, it's gonna be my pleasure to, to kind of watch. And I, I also want to mention, um, cause they'd be mad at me if I didn't, but Whenever I I actually sent you guys' sale that you ran this past weekend, I sent it to my my sister in law. She's in college over at OU. And so uh she Marissa's her name, she she texted and she was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm gonna be coming back for, for Christmas, like the day before that. Can they just move it up? Like and she was uh. she she kinda jokingly said, um, she kind of jokingly said, I wonder if anyone knows the owner. And my wife, it was, we was in a group chat with the three of us. And my wife was like, Baker probably does. He knows everybody. And I was like, <laughs> I actually have a, a podcast episode scheduled with him next week. And my, my sister in law as a college, she, she, she thought it was the coolest thing ever. She was like, no way. Can you introduce me this? That's so cool. Um, so I just, I, I say all that just to kind of embarrass her a little bit, but also to, to illustrate, man, like the, The stuff that you guys are doing, the community that you're creating, like all that you have been working for, Um, you know, I know you call yourself the unsuccessful entrepreneur, but it sure looks like success to me. So I want to give you, you know, you, Thomas, Ryan, like the whole team, Anthony, everybody that that I've met has been amazing. And I'm sure the ones that I haven't met and haven't gotten to build relationships with yet are are awesome as well and so you're doing it man you're you're well on your way to your vision and i've had an absolute blast today just getting to talk to you
1: well dude thank you thank you for all the all the compliments man that obviously that that really makes my day especially coming from someone like you that that man you you get it man you're doing you're doing your thing and killing it in, in a number of different areas man um, and dude, killer podcast, too, man. This was, this was one that was genuinely, genuinely fun to be a part of, man. Yes. Awesome questions. You got me talking about stuff that I could talk about all freaking days. So like yeah, you're trying here. to shorten it a little bit. So, uh, man, here, man, really appreciate you having, having me on, man. This is, this is not just fun, but, but humbling as well, man.
0: Of course. We'll have to have you on again soon.
1: Appreciate that, man.
0: If you made it this far, I just want to say thank you for listening to the entire episode. And I hope you enjoyed this chat with Kevin as much as I did. As always, you guys can find the links to all of Kevin's companies and even his own social media in the description, as well as the links to all of my companies in case you want to support the show or support me on an even deeper level. But Make sure you go and follow Kevin, I promise you guys won't regret it. He posts some awesome stuff and he really gives the inside perspective on what it's like to be an entrepreneur, something that I need to work on, on a much deeper level. As always, if you guys want to share the show, that is the only way that it's going to grow. So if you got something out of this episode, share it with a friend. Send them kind of what to look for, what to listen to. Even if it's just a timestamp in the episode, that would mean a ton to me. And if they even don't find something to resonate with in this episode, hopefully they can find one another or some of the future stuff that I'm going to be putting out. I've got a huge slate of really exciting guests that's coming up that I'm recording over the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for more episodes. And the only way that you're not going to miss that is if you subscribe on YouTube or follow the show on any type of audio platform such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you guys so, so much for all the support so far. I've really enjoyed this project and I hope you guys continue to enjoy it as well. Without further ado, I'll see you guys in the next episode.